0: If you go through a design process, by the time you get to the end and you develop the product, making any significant change to that is not only nearly impossible; it's often very
1: costly.
2: A lot of people, when they go to a new location, they buy one of the travel guides to that country
1: and ideas that are all centered or framed with the goal of supporting identity development.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, educators and innovators, welcome to the electrifying season 3 of ISS EDU Learn, Ask Me Anything with your dynamic host Mike P and Dana We're not just here to make waves, we're here to ride the tidal waves of your incredible support to the 21,000 strong downloaders and listeners who joined us on this incredible journey. We tip our hats to you. Your unwavering enthusiasm and active engagement fuels the very heartbeat of our mission. This season, we're not holding back. We're unleashing a tsunami of valuable insights, strategies, and practical wisdom that will effortlessly weave into the tapestry of your educational institutions. Whether you're ready to implement change today or set sail on a journey of profound exploration, trust us, we got you covered. For the inside scoop of upcoming events and certification opportunities that rock your world, Point your browsers to iss.edu slash events. Are you ready to ride the podcast wave of a lifetime? Mike P and Dana are here to make it happen. Let the learning adventures begin. ISS.edu Learn, Ask Me Anything, Season 3. Dive in. Hello, dear educators and changemakers. It's a pleasure to welcome you back to another exciting episode of EDU Learn, Ask Me Anything. Which is proudly presented by ISS EDU. I'm your host, Mike P, the educator's best friend. And joining me today is the ever insightful co-host, Dr. Dana Speckerwat, who serves as the Director of Learning Research and Outreach at ISS. Dana, how are you?
3: Doing great, Mike. Happy to be here.
0: Good to hear. We also have with us Molly Fay, who is the voice of the audience. And Molly Fay serves as the customer support and technology coordinator here at ISS. Molly Faye, how are you doing today?
3: Great, Mike. Thanks
0: so much for asking. Good to hear. So we're thrilled to have everyone back today for season three, episode 12 of our podcast. We're always thankful for your unwavering support. So please don't forget to hit the subscribe, give us a thumbs up and share your thoughts with a review on your preferred podcast platform. We could be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify and many more. Our mission is always clear to equip you with valuable insights and practical strategies for your educational institutions. Please stay in the loop for any upcoming virtual events and certifications by visiting iss.edu slash events. And if you're on the lookout for a new career opportunity, you can also go there to explore our virtual and in-person job fairs that we have coming up. And without further ado, let's dive into today's conversation. And today we have the privilege of hosting two exceptional guests, David and Suzette. David and Suzette has recently done shared a wealth of knowledge and expertise through a course on our EDU Learn platform. The course explored various ways to create the best experience for your school. David Willows, just going to give a quick bio of David and Suzette. David Willows, co-founder and strategic director at Yellow Car, is a celebrated figure in educational strategy and advancement his work at international schools of brussels between 2005 and 2022 has earned him a reputation as an innovative leader and one of the tops educational influencers david is also known as a well-known author and speaker passionate about evolving education for today's world suzette parlour is the co-founder and experience director at yellow car and brings a wealth of expertise in hospitality management and school branding. Her tenure at the International School of Brussels was marked by significant strides in brand development and communication strategies. Today, Suzette is a guiding force in helping schools craft impactful experience strategies. Our discussion today centers around designing your school's experience. David and Suzette, how are you guys doing today?
4: Very good, thanks for having us again.
5: Yeah, it's good to see everyone.
0: You too, guys. So we're going to start the conversation off during the course that you had, you had mentioned something around experience strategy. So if you could just explain to our audience what exactly experience strategy is in the context of educational institutions and why is it significant for the overall success and reputation of any institution.
4: Yeah, well, experience strategy is very new for schools and educational institutions, whereas it's already been around for a long time in other industries, such as the hospitality industry, for example. And often when we give an example, we refer just to the hospitality industry where we say, you know, there's a significant difference between a mediocre hotel and a very good hotel, because that very good hotel will have intentionally designed every single touch point of that customer journey. And in schools, that is very similar. So At the heart of what we believe at Yellow Car is that every family, every student and every employee that's coming through our school is on a journey. And it is important that we design that journey from beginning to end. And what we see in schools is um, schools tend to be very complex places. And even though great things are happening at every stage of that journey, we often tend to leave it to chance. And what we are maybe prompting schools to do is to try on that lens of experience and to see where can we be more intentional about designing that experience for those different community members.
3: I was just going to say, I love that holistic approach to families and students and how they feel in their experience at a school, because that makes such a difference. I think people in today's day and age, more now than ever, need to feel as if they matter. And that they feel like they have a home and a place somewhere, and being welcomed into a community is such a strong, and then feeling as if you belong and keeping that going over the longevity of the time period that a family is there is so essential, I think, to the whole learning experience for children. So I I love your approach. I love your whole message and everything that you're sharing with folks. So thank you so much.
5: Yeah, I, I think that you really said it very well. That that sense of Focusing on the student or the family or the employee. I think as anyone who's ever worked in a school knows, schools are complex places. They're actually quite siloed places and those silos can lead to kind of siloed experiences for many people. And so one of the things that we're trying to help people think about is how can we put ourselves in the shoes, let's say of the family that is visiting and then attending the school. being part of that community, and think about ways to make that experience as engaging and as meaningful as it can be. In the same way as if you have ever walked into a great hotel, and the person behind the reception desk it says to you, Dr. Willows, we've been expecting you. Even though you, you know that they may be reading from some prompt, that sense that you have of, someone's expecting me i have my place here that's a very powerful moment and i think we're thinking about how powerful that can be for students families employees if someone has actually thought about every stage of that journey as they move through the school
4: yeah and, and if we built a bit on those expectations going back to your question mike about why is that so important we have certain expectations right at the beginning when we're looking for a school for their child but at each single stage, we might have separate different expectations. And whether the school is meeting, exceeding, or not meeting those expectations has an impact on the way we file that as a positive or a negative memory. If we are meeting expectations for going beyond, it's a positive memory. If we're not meeting those expectations, then we file that away as a bad memory. And the reason why that is important is because it It's a good memory. That's great because you tend to share it with people closest to you, up to five people, and you will talk about it for up to a year. But if you didn't have such a positive memory about your experience with school, then you will want to share it with anyone who wants to hear it for as long as you remember. And that means that if we leave that experience to chance, if we are not intentional about the experience that we are creating for the families in our school, then we can just almost like manipulate a negative word of mouth that will then ultimately have an impact on our enrollment as well.
0: Are you an educator looking to elevate your career? Consider Moreland University, your gateway to success in international schools. They offer fully online programs with flexible start dates and affordable tuition rates, allowing you to balance work and personal life. Moreland University isn't your typical institution. Say goodbye to dull lectures and hello to engaging, interactive learning with passionate educators like yourself. It's a hands-on education that sparks creativity and prepares you for the real-world challenges. With Moreland University, you can earn a prestigious U.S. teaching certification or a master's degree in education from anywhere in the world. Their programs are designed to empower you to become a leader in your field. Don't wait. Take your steps forward, transforming your career today. Visit www.moreland.edu and apply now. Let Moreland University help you make a difference in student lives worldwide, one classroom at a time. Your journey to becoming an it's exceptional educator starts with Moreland University. A brighter future begins with you. This experience that you speak of—I know we spoke about experience strategy, but is it the same thing as experience design? And if not, can you just expand on the difference between the two?
5: Yes, great question. So the way we would understand that is that experience strategy is part of your, your overall strategy. We sometimes talk about, for example, the, the work of the board at a governance level. We often think about boards as having responsibility for the fiduciary strategic and generative work that they need to do in order for the school's a mission and vision to really flow out from there in a, in a meaningful and impactful way. And one of the things that an experienced strategy tells us is that, you know, we have to, a board and a leadership have to look after and care for not just the financial assets or the buildings and the capital assets. They actually have to curate and look after and protect the experience that they are providing. And so you have to build a strategic framework within which you can in a sense, elevate the importance of the experience. When it comes to experience design, it's that's more, think about it as the implementation. So how do you actually curate and design and build that in practice? And that's where you're getting to a point as an experienced designer to think about how are your communications being managed within a school? Or it could be, what is your admissions experience? Or maybe what is your student learning experience? That It can be on both the learning side and also on the operational side of the school. It could be at different stages. It could be your alumni experience. And all of those are elements of the school experience that you're wanting to design, redesign, test new kinds of designs and, and reinvent as you move forward.
3: I love the fact, too, that I think especially for international schools, although I would say all schools, a lot of our students are only there for a small piece of time. And so helping families and the students and the teachers and the teachers also are very transient in nature and go from school to school, helping them feel like they're part of a bigger experience and feel welcomed is so essential because there's not as much time as, you know, when when we first moved back to the States and I put my kids in the high school here, some of those kids had been together for 10 plus years. And, you know, my, one of my kids had six months because then COVID hit and then went to school from home. So like trying to feel like you're a part of something is very difficult. And so it's just incredibly helpful. I'm wondering if you can share like an, an example of when experienced strategy had a transformational impact on the admissions process or on a school that you can think about. Like what were some of those key
5: elements or things that really worked well and helped that school move forward? Well, I think in one sense maybe a good example to talk about would actually be some of the work That we did in the international school of brussels we weren't using the language of experience strategy then but we were designing experiences and we had that sense even back then that there was something important about the work that needs to be done in schools where we had to transform certain kinds of experiences so if we think about admissions very often the admissions experience is seen and viewed as the giving or receiving of information So the family walks into the school and they receive information about the school. They are toured around the school and then they leave the school and make up their mind. And the way we wanted to transform that from an experience strategy point of view was to say, let's think about admissions, not just as giving information, but about seeing admissions as a learning moment for the family. How can we reimagine it? as a space in which the family learns whether or not this is the right score for their children. And that led us to the development of something that we called the ISB experience room. And it was using gamification. It had an interactive screen where we created a game that parents could play that allowed them to select what was important for them, each individual member of the family, when choosing a school. And then we asked the family to prioritise those from the most important to the least important as a family. So they were having to looking at competing expectations where one child might say the playground is the most important thing for me, and mum might say security, and dad might say uh, university placements. and they're having a discussion, perhaps for the first time, about what really matters to them as individuals. And there were a whole number of elements to this experience room. But essentially, what we managed to do was create a different kind of experience that offered the element of surprise, because it wasn't. And that it also, in a sense, portrayed what we felt as a school was a learning, prioritization of learning right at the beginning of that process. And it helped us learn more about the family as they engaged in this conversation with one another. And so what we would say is that we probably ended up at the end of that project where the role of the admissions person was now understood as an educational role, much more than as a distributor of information about the school. And so that would be, there's a number of other examples that perhaps we can turn to in other schools. But I think this is for us where it began. And we began to think about how those experiences can be more focused on learning and designed in different
1: ways. As an educational professional, you likely understand the positive and crucial role inclusion has on classroom culture. And you might be on the lookout for a community of like-minded educators. Senya International is that community. Senya is a nonprofit organization that advocates for individuals with disabilities and promotes inclusive educational practices across the globe. With a network of educators, families, students, and professionals, Senya offers connection, professional learning, and support for educators like you. Connect with the Senya community via our membership program or a local chapter in your area. Enjoy professional learning with the Senya community via our podcasts, online certification, program, and in-person or virtual conferences. Support Senya through our sponsorships, awards, and scholarship program. So, what are you waiting for? For more information, head to our website, seniainternational.org. That's S E N I A international.org. And together, we continue to make a difference and fulfill our vision of living in an inclusive world.
4: Yeah, maybe what's important to add there, because I can imagine that if we're talking about such a big experience room, people listening might be thinking, yeah, well, that you must have a very big budget in order to make that happen. And a lot of that started actually very small. So that game that David was talking about, choosing the elements on this interactive screen, started with simple laminated cards with blue tech on a mirror. And we asked to the family to play exactly that same game so it's gone through a significant iterative process where we kept on building on the ideas and where we continued with the things that were working very well and that we felt resonated with the principles that we had identified and with the families that we were trying it out with and stopped doing some of the things that didn't work building on some of that work right now we are actually a few months ago we came up with this idea to think about if we imagine that. Often it's difficult for parents to even understand how they can choose a school, what sets one school apart from another. Also, one, because as schools, we make it very difficult to say what makes us different. We tend to speak in educational cliches. But what we're trying to develop right now is what we call the parent toolkit, which will be a set of basically games that will take the family through a reflective process playing some of these games to have a deeper understanding of what is important for them when they're looking for a school for their child. How do you prepare for a visit? What are some of the questions that are relevant to you? Who are some of the people close to you that have a say or whose opinion really matter? And how can that be useful for a school in their admissions process when families coming to, to visit them for the first time?
3: I love it. I love the idea of like voice and choice and really by showcasing personalized learning, then they also know that the school values that as well. That's fabulous. And I'm thinking about how important that would be for schools. So many of our schools are struggling a little bit with admissions and student There was a little bit of a drain of some of our families overseas during COVID and a lot of businesses brought their families back home. And so now they're looking for like, where are our students? And if they can really showcase their best selves right away from the start and then continue that throughout, that could really help with the admissions process for a lot of schools. So I hope schools that are struggling with finding students are listening.
5: Yeah, I mean, I do think it's a point well made. We're seeing quite significant shifts in the educational landscape, particularly in the international school market. And it, as Suzette said, it, it is harder and harder for schools to really stand out. And We don't make it very easy for parents to distinguish between those schools. And I think this goes back to the central tenet of yellow car is, is that the schools that will stand out in the future are those that intentionally design the experience of school. And that is where that value proposition will really be so much higher because they have gone to the trouble of designing school as an experience rather than a series of, in some ways, loosely connected elements that haven't really had someone orchestrating that into a kind of fully-fledged designed experience.
0: David and Suzette, you spoke about an iterative process that goes on during the experience strategy and experience design. I wanted to know, does that iterative process help with the adaptation of catering to the various expectations and preferences of our current generation of students, especially in a digital age, because it's also ever changing? Like, Does the experience strategy and experience design, does that take that into effect or take that into consideration?
4: Yeah, I think absolutely. I think if you take that iterative approach and just that very simple principle of moving forward with the things that work and stop doing the things that don't work, ultimately what you will do is you will be able to cater to those audiences that matter to you most. I think it can both work from a receiving end, so indeed looking at the families and the students and what that experience is like, but it can equally be the case internally. So again, if I go back to that example of the experience room, starting with the cards and ultimately working with the first iteration of that room and what the look and feel was in that space that wasn't necessarily fully aligned with the first impressions that parents were having on our website and so the iterative process that we were going through is okay this was our first best guess and now we are going to put this layer of giving it that same look and feel as we have on the website so when a family comes in they immediately recognize maybe some of those feelings that they got when they were on the website when they step into that space. So I think in a way it goes hand in hand, that iterative process is both the ways we work internally and the way different people from different departments can collaborate and build on one another. And ultimately, that will have an impact on the experience of families when they are coming to visit the school.
5: One of the things that I keep hearing in the experience strategy word is, world well, is a sentence that says, we traditionally designed for the ideal and the permanent, and we no longer live in that world. Mm. And so that tells me, is, I think something very powerful about school is that as we think of school historically, it was designed for the ideal and the permanent, and that we're now living in this, many people call the VUCA world, where it's very much the opposite, where we're seeing a lot of disruption a, a lot of fluctuation, not just enrolment, but fluctuation in political movements. We're seeing, we had the pandemic, we're seeing big shifts, geopolitical shifts. and this, this is meaning that our schools have to have a strategy that is founded upon the necessity and inevitability of change and impermanence. And that takes us back, I think, to this idea of being iterative. One of the things, we just conducted a, a piece of research called the enrollment Snapshot. And one of the things that's come out very clearly from that uh, data analysis is that the schools that have benefited over the last four years, more than anyone between 20 and 2023s in inro- opening enrollment, they were the schools that were in the 0 to 500 or 500 to 1,000 range. And that the schools that have found it most difficult to maintain their enrollment are those schools that are around 1500. And that tells us something about those perhaps more traditional and traditionally larger established schools in this current climate, and perhaps not quite as agile, and not able to adapt their experience quickly enough to respond to some of these new challenges, as well as embrace some of the new opportunities.
2: Hi everyone, this is Aaron Monaz, one of the co-founders of Inspire Citizens. My name is Scott Jameson, and I'm the Global Collaborations Lead for Inspire Citizens. We help inspire schools to live their mission of global citizenship. We look at existing units through the lens of empathy to impact and connect student learning with themes like sustainable development, harmony with nature, social justice, and the holistic well-being of our community. We also work with students to co-design student leadership programs another way that we support educators is through our global citizenship certificate in partnership with iss this certificate program involves best practice resources for global citizenship education interactive opportunities to engage with other cohort members, a great team of coaches to walk you through your learning and optional opportunities to connect via seminars with other participants from around the world. Please visit inspirecitizens.org and click on the Inspire Educators tab to register for the Global Citizenship Certificate, visit the ISS website or go to the ISS EduLearn Passport to register today. At Inspire Citizens, we believe that the young people in our schools have the potential to lead change and inspire others through their work towards a more sustainable future. We look forward to working with you, and we hope that together, our resources and your contacts can help to create a more harmonious future.
3: So I'm going to chime in really quick. Like Mike mentioned, I'm Molly Faye and I kind of stand in for the voice of the people. So when people submit questions, I have the privilege of asking them. So a submitted question we have for you both today is, how do you propose measuring the success of implemented experience strategy initiatives in the admissions process? And are there specific key performance indicators or metrics that you find particularly valuable?
5: So, maybe maybe I can jump in with something I'm going to ask Suzette to continue. So I'll say the first few things. <laughs> so, I think one of the things we've been quite interested in in this idea of metrics and how you what we're interested in particularly is how do you measure experience? So, if we're talking all the time about the importance of the experience of students, employees, and families in a school at different stages of that life cycle, then it begs the question how do you measure it? How do you measure what that is, how people are called what we call the felt experience and if we think about that then one of the tools that we've developed and we're beginning now to pilot with various schools around the world is something called the felt experience indicator to cut it long story short essentially that indicator is measuring very simple things like happiness connection belonging understanding Gratitude, gratitude, confidence. confidence. Yeah. These things that in some ways are in a language that parents and students can't understand because we can all answer the question, how happy are you on a scale of zero to 10? And what we're doing by collecting data in this way is actually beginning to think about, can we start to see evolving the, almost like a, a wavelength of happiness where we can actually look at grades across a school or a particular sector like the admissions and look at levels of happiness evolving over time and all those other words. But this for us is taking us into something different to what we would see as the rather old and somehow stale, and as people have done a lot of surveys in our career, the kind of traditional satisfaction survey feels as though it needs something of a refresh. And we're moving into this more experience-based survey that I think is gonna take us into some interesting conversations about what people are actually feeling about the school that they are connected to.
4: And I think if we take that again, that idea of input output, the felt experience indicator is really measuring what that experience is like on the receiving end for families. We have this other tool that we call the school experience audit, where we are able to actually measure what's in place at each stage of that life cycle. And so if you're looking, for example, at that admission stage, Then we look at a few different lenses, but maybe in this case, it it starts, well, the first lens is, for example, story people process. So to what extent are we telling the story of the school? How are we connecting with people and helping them finding their place in that story? And what are the processes uh, that are in place that will allow that to happen? So it will allow us to, first of all, determine to what extent are we doing those three things? And then the other thing we talk about are the layers of an experience, the foundations, the improvements, and the moments. The foundations are very much the basics you want to have in place to make sure that it is as integrated and coherent as possible to minimize friction. Once you have that in place, you can start looking at enhancements to further improve your experience. And then those moments of wonder, joy, or surprise, you can add them on because we know that that is something that prospective families will remember. Now, If you keep in mind that, first of all, it is interesting for us to know to what extent are we actually going beyond just the foundations? So what are we doing differently and how are these two things linked? So for us, what's interesting is when we work with a school and we do that uh, school experience audit and then you benchmark that with the felt experience indicator, going through a 12-month implementation plan where you are implementing new ways to further improve that experience or adding those moments, then the year after you can actually see in the felt experience indicator what are the differences in terms of happiness, understanding, connection, confidence, gratitude, etc. I think in schools and particularly when we're looking at admissions, it is uh, the easy answer would be, well, we just look at enrollments, we look at number of applications, visits. But I think what we are seeing is that how can we see admissions within the bigger picture and not just in the admissions phase? So how is what we are doing in admissions connected to what is happening in that attraction phase of actually getting families through the door? And to what extent is the promise that we made in that admissions phase in line with the actual experience once a family is coming through? And this is where we cannot just look at the KPIs just in that admissions phase, but we need to link it to that bigger picture.
0: Louzette and David, thank you so much for sharing. And as we come towards the end of our show today. Just let the individuals, the guests know where they can reach you, whether it's a website or an email or social media.
4: Yeah, so we have an online community, the Yellow Car community. There are more than 600 people working in and with schools on there right now, connecting, celebrating their wins, asking questions and monthly inspiration workshops for anyone to join. And people who are interested in joining, it is community.yellowcar.io.
5: Or if you want to send an email hello at yellowcar.io, or you just want to go to yellowcar.io and find out everything about us.
0: David and Suzette, thank you so much on behalf of the team for sharing your valuable insights and experience with us today. It's been a pleasure having you on EDU Learn, Ask Me Anything. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you found this episode inspiring and informative, please be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and share the AMA with your educator friends. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep making a positive impact in the world of education. Until next time, my fellow educators, bye-bye.